The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. Morning, my name is Trevor, um, and I will be preaching this morning. Um, for those that don't know me, I am an elder here at LCC, and I get the privilege of preaching once a year. Look at Shane, maybe maybe two this year, who knows? But I always sort of preach around this time of the year, and I, I, I like to spend uh, a little bit of time before I, I preach, just to reflect on the year that has been and, <clears throat> and to reflect on and encourage all of you. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, my encouragement was to continue in prayer. We had people in our church who were going through stuff and um, there was uh, people needing jobs and job losses and um, funerals and uh, lots going on. And my encouragement was to continue in prayer. And I'm encouraged when I hear people say to me, I'm going through some stuff at the moment, but I'm reminded that we are prayerfully dependent people. So I encourage you to continue in prayer this year. Last year, I was encouraging you all to continue to love one another. And I I love it when I hear people say, oh, I love our church. Me, personally, I, I love my life group. I love my life group week to week I love I love our Bible studies I love our worship team I love our church and I encourage you and I have been encouraged this year or last year that I heard wonderful things where people were praying for one another and fasting for one another and helping one another and looking out for one another and I'm greatly encouraged And I encourage you to continue doing that as a church because we are called to love one another. We're called to pray and fast. This year, this message, I'd like to encourage you all in um, continuing to love God. The commandment to love one another is followed um, by the command to love God. Love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. As we do this, let us not forget the other great commandment, love. 1 John 4 tells us that we do this with a heart being perfected in love through the work of the Holy Spirit. This morning's message is about a sinful woman, and I want to have a look at the part of that passage where she loves much. What brings this woman to a point where Jesus is reflecting on his encounter with her and says, this woman loves much. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit takes these words that I speak, rearrange them, sort them out and allow them to touch hearts. Lord, let your work, let your word be an encouragement to us, to teach us, to show us and to reflect your glory and your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know how I didn't get first dibs. How did Luke get that? How did I miss out on? Come on, second. Did he get in first with the 
don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I'd like to go first. It was a great message last week, Luke. We see in Matthew and in Luke, as Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees, they're questioning and say, Lord, what, what's, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and all your strength. And the message today is not to say that none of us I love God. If you're a Christian here, and you love God. This message is not to question how much you love God, but more to encourage you to continue to love God in a deeper way. So how do we, and I want to just quickly look at some of the practical ways we love and honour God. Now, I don't have many slides so um, there's not going to be much uh, to read up there. But if your New Year's resolution was to be a more prolivalent that, that note-taker, now's your time to shine. So Angie's got a pan out. She's like, she wants to take more notes this year. And I have, if anyone wants any of these uh, scriptures, I'm quite happy to pass them on. But I'm going to go through just quickly and read these out. So if you want to take notes, please do. How do we love and honour God well? Jesus tells us in John 14, 15, by keeping his commandments and being empowered by his Holy Spirit. We love and honour God through our praise and our worship, 2 Samuel 22, 50. We honour and love God by praying, fasting, giving us the confidence that God loves us and hears us. 1 John 5.14 and Matthew 6.17 By reading his word and trusting in him, Romans 15.4 By loving one another, 13.34 Using our gifts and talents and resources to his service and living in hope, Hebrews 10.23 These are all things that we should be doing to ensure that we love and honour God. Yes, we are representatives, we are salt, we are light. And God commands us to love him and to love others. But I asked my family last night, I said, what, what, how do you know I love you? And uh, my daughter said, well, you bought mum some flowers the other day. What, what did you do wrong? <laughs> How does my family know that I love them? And my daughter said, I, I just know that you love me, Dad. I just know that you love me. And to question that we, to question, do you love God? If I said it, who here loves God? How many hands would go up? Oh, a three. Great. Good. Might change the message. If I, I said, put your hand up if you love God. All hands should go up. I love God. Yeah, I love God. There's no question about that. I love my wife. There is no question about that. I love her dearly. But it's easy to get caught up doing life. And my prayer isn't always consistent. And my fasting isn't always consistent. And my prayer life 
isn't always consistent. Sometimes doing those things take a back seat to just doing life or just to loving one another. I've been busy loving one another. That's great, but how much time have we spent here loving God? Don't stop loving one another. I'm not saying that. But I want us to reflect on and be honest with ourselves. How much time do we spend in those? Ah, almost, almost got caught then. I'm not suggesting we don't love God. But our hearts are being perfected. The question is, where does this love flow from? This love God with all of our mind and all of our strength and all of our soul. Where does, where does the essence or where does the core of that love come from? And like I said, I put your hand up. You, you love God. Everyone's going to love God. So where do we draw this love from? Yes, we have a helper in the Holy Spirit. But in the story of the sinful woman, there seems to be a profound and beautiful change in her presence, in her behavior, in God's presence. I want us to go back and just have a look at a few parts of that passage and just reflect on them. Verse 36 One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. We know him as Simon the Pharisee. So Jesus has been invited into this house to spend time with Simon and have a meal. And Jesus went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclined at the table in the Pharisee's house, when she learned that he was there. Now, this is a woman who has known of Jesus, who has heard of Jesus, who has maybe even sat in on one of his messages. So she knows of him and she knows where he is. She brought an alabaster flask of ointment. So she's heard of Jesus. She may even have heard him speak. She knows where he is and she's made a decision. I'm going. I'm uninvited. But I'm going to go. I'm going to kick that door down and I'm going in. This is a woman who has made a decision to pursue Jesus. And she's gone prepared She has an alabaster flask of ointment. And not only is she prepared to go in where she's uninvited, she's going to be prepared and take something with her to worship Jesus. So when she's standing behind Jesus, if she was prepared so well as to plan the entry, I'm going in. I'm going to take some ointment with me. I'm going to worship this man. Why didn't she take water? For his feet. 
And why didn't she take a towel to dry his feet? See, I, I believe that she was expecting that to already be done. And the weeping doesn't come from a place of, oh, his feet are dirty, I better clean them. The tears and the weeping come from a place from being engaged with Jesus. When she's in his presence, she bursts into tears and she weeps at his feet. And out of embarrassment, she's drying his hair with her hair, drying his feet with her hair and anointing his feet. Something has happened to this woman in the presence of Jesus. She has been transformed beyond all expectation. I suspect being a sinner, she's known as the sinner, such a cool, not a, it's not a cool nickname. Cool nickname would be something like, you know, the enforcer. But she's known as the sinner. I mean, imagine walking the streets and everyone knows you as the sinner. I believe she went there just to be in the presence of Jesus. When she gets there, she experiences something more than what she had expected. She stands behind his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair and kissed his feet, anointed them with ointment. And then Simon's thinking to himself, oh, that is this, if he knew, if he was a prophet, he would, knew who, he would know who this woman is. And Jesus, knowing what Simon's thinking, says, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. Then he goes on to tell this parable of a money lender who has two debtors. One owes a small amount, one owes a large amount, and the debtor forgive, uh, the, uh, the money lender forgives them both, and the one that owes the least loves the least. The one that owes the most is obviously going to love the most, and 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 rightly so. Simon gets this parable correct. He says, "You you've answered correctly." It's not a trick question here. But I believe the question was targeted at examining his heart. Jesus goes on and says, Do you see the woman? Question, yeah, I see the woman. I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. Now, Jesus is sitting there. He's engaging in conversation with Simon. And this woman is still kissing his feet. She hasn't stopped. It wasn't just a few quick pecks on the, you know, the calf muscle, knuckle, or calf muscle and, the, and the, you know, the... The toes, it was, she was kissing his feet and she didn't stop. It was continuous. This woman was in the presence of God and she knew it. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loves much. But he who forgives little, loves little. 
point here is that both debtors are forgiven. And I'm not thinking that because Simon is still doubtful of who Jesus is that he's not forgiven. That's not the point Jesus is trying to make here. Nor is it that to be love God much that we should sin much. One that has the, the greater sin, the greater debt, loves more. I'm not suggesting that we go out and sin bigger and better so God loves us more or that grace and love may abound more. But there is a measure of love in which we bestow. Love much, live little, love more. Now we, we all love God. But where is that source of love coming from? That's my question. That's my encouragement. And I'm not suggesting that Donna loves little or has little sin. She's one of the most loving women I know. There she is over there. We're not suggesting, Donna, that you love God little because you don't have sin. And then I love God more because I have lots. question is, what's the source of that love? So where do we draw the love from? Yes, we have a helper in the Holy Spirit, but in the story of the sinful woman, I've, met, I've said this before, she's a profoundful, profound and beautiful exchange in the presence of Jesus. Something happened to her when she found herself in his presence her behavior and response was at the very core of where his love flows, where the love flows from, is a response of a person who understands who Jesus was, who he is, and God's love for her and how much she was in need of a savior. In Acts 13, we see King David being described as a man after God's own heart who will do all God's will. To love God the way David did with all his shortcomings, David humbled himself before God. God loved. He loved God. He loved God's word. He submitted himself to God's word. He honored God, obeyed God, and unshamedly worshipped him. I also want to draw this comparison of this sinful woman's behavior in the presence of God. Where is this outpouring of love coming from? It seems to be continuous. She's weeping from her soul. She's honoring Jesus by kissing his feet and anointing his feet. It's not just, yeah, I love God. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'll do some wonderful things for my, you know, love my neighbor and love others. And, yeah, I love God. Something different. In Psalm 63, we read this. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. And in a dry and weary land where there is no water. It's a prayer of a man. 
And this is, this is why David gets the title, having a heart after God. It's not just, I love God because, you know, God saved me and sent his son and I'm loved and it's all good. But there is a, a source in where this love is drawn from. John Piper writes this. This is the essence of what it means to love God, to be satisfied in him, not just his gifts, but God himself as the glorious person that he is. Loving God will include obeying his commandments. It will include believing all his word. It will include thanking him for all his gifts. But all that is just overflow. The real essence of loving God is admiring and enjoying all he is. And and it is the enjoyment of God that makes all our other responses truly glorifying to him. Yes, we love others out of love for God. But as Piper puts it, that's just overflow. Those things practically that we do to love one another is, and, and, and reading and praying and, and fasting and, 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 and studying and, and doing all those things. And we're commanded to do that and we need to do that. But that is just an overflow to where the source truly comes from and that is just to love God for who he is my prayer for the last year and I, I don't know I, some, I say it all the time as I'm praying and sometimes I say it corporately when I'm here I just, Lord let's leave here loving you more let's leave your presence loving you let us leave our life group loving you more. Let us leave church this morning loving him more. Let us leave our prayer time loving him more. My encouragement this morning as we read through this encounter with Jesus is, again, not to say we love God less or more. Because I know we all love God. My encouragement is, where do we draw that love from? What, what is the source in which we come before God? What what moves us to pursue his presence? What moves us to open our Bible? What moves us to pray for one another? What moves us just to weep at our shortcomings? As the band come up, And as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning, I just want us to reflect on this sinner. We know through the scriptures that we are saved by grace. Just like the sinful woman, Jesus says to her, go, your faith has saved you. Ephesians 2.8, we know that. We can rest assured that we are saved. God tells us that. 
we're forgiven because of the redemptive work of the power of Jesus the cross. Luke 23, 34, we know that. Scripture tells us that. We're transformed by his word. So we should all know those things. We love because God first loves us. We know that. The Bible tells us that. It's not a love based on a command, based obedience, but a love perfected and flowing from the transformation of our hearts. A transformed heart oozes God's love. It's not hard. It's easy. I want to encourage us all this year. How do we love God? Not just how do we love God, but how do we love God well? How do we love God more? I don't know if it's, po- it's possible. I just want to go back and reflect on David. Love God the way David did with all of his shortcomings. David humbled himself before God. He loved God. Loved God's word. Submitted himself to God's word. Honored God. Obeyed God. And unshamedly worshipped him. And he cries out, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I'm guilty this year. I have not earnestly gone into prayer time this year. I've had a big year. A busy year. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes my relationship with God in my prayer life, not saying that I don't have one, my prayer life, not saying that I don't have one, but it takes second fiddle to my life. And I've been convicted at the end of this year just to spend more time with God, not just to learn His Word, but to love His Word. Not just in prayer, but to love talking to Him. Not just fasting, but to enjoy fasting for Him. Enjoying God. In response to that, let's consider this year how we love. Are we going to be like Simon? Or are we going to be like the sinful woman that when we come into His presence, we're just overwhelmed by who He is? Just, just who he is. Not what he's done for us, but, but who he is. Do we bring our thanksgiving to our prayer time? Do we bring our submissiveness to our study time? Do we bring our worship to church, our life groups, our gatherings? And as we prepare for communion, and uh, if you don't have a communion, and when they're just over on the sides there, Do we bring our humility to communion? Do we humble ourselves before He? I'll be honest with you. It's terrible to be honest. Don't judge me. Sometimes I come to communion and I'm trying my best. And I stand where you guys are sitting there and I'm going through, yeah, I failed you, Lord, in this area. And I. I didn't do this well this week and could have done that and I, I failed you here and I've, I've sinned here and oh, that person I really despise, just I can't forgive them and oh, I'm struggling. 
And then I ask for forgiveness. Sorry, Lord, I'm going to try better next week. And I take communion and I walk out of here. And then I fail him again. And I come back the next week and, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Failed you again. This year, I'm going to try and take that a next step. I'm not going to be weeping when I take communion. Extent, but I'm going to be, I'll be close to it. Lord, I've failed you this week. And my heart is grieved. Lord, I want to, I want to love you more. I'm going to thirst after his presence more this year. That's my encouragement to myself and so encourage it to you. I'm going to kick down the door. I'm going to pursue presence with God. I'm going to go prepared. And then when I get there, find out that I'm underprepared and just crumble in his presence. Humble myself. I want to be like that woman. I want to, I want to weep in his presence. Huh? I want to kiss his feet. I want to earnestly seek him. I'm going to stand and take communion together. And again, I'm not sharing my heart here to judge anyone or condemn anyone about how much we love God. My encouragement is to look for the source, that great well, that spring of living water that refreshes us, that renews us, that causes us to pursue his presence. And as I take communion, I'm just going to leave this microphone open. I want to share my heart. Lord, as I take communion this morning, I failed you in showing love. Lord, I failed you in forgiving those that rightly annoy me. Lord, I failed you in just seeking your presence. So this morning, Lord, as I take communion, forgive me. Help me. Help me to weep in your presence. Help me to kick down doors just to be in your presence. Lord, I just want to honor you and praise you and worship you. So humble me this morning, Lord. Help me forgive those that trespass against me. Help me to seek your face. Lord, my prayer this morning is that I desire to be in love with you. More in love with you than I love my wife and my kids and my friends and my family. Lord, as I take communion, I thank you. I am so grateful that you sent your son to die on a cross that I might have communion with you. And open communication with you is instantaneous. I can talk to you any time of the day. And I think I spoke to you about 30 minutes yesterday.
The other 23 and a half hours yesterday, I, I didn't talk to you. And I'm sorry. Lord, help me want to be more in love with you. As we take communion, I just, I just thank you for your son. I thank you for your loving grace, your mercy. In Jesus' name. Let's take the communion together. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Centre Church located in North Lakes. We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others, but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC. 